This is Father Aaron with another podcast. It's the 25th Sunday of the year. We hear today in St. Luke's Gospel the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. It's the only parable in the Gospels where one of the characters is given a proper name. The parable is an opportunity for us to discuss a little bit about Catholic social doctrine and what the Church calls the preferential option for the poor. The great pioneer of Catholic social teaching and founder of the American Catholic Workers' Movement, Dorothy Day, once quipped, When you love people, you see all the Christ in them. God sees Christ, his Son, in us and loves us, and so we should see Christ in others, and nothing else, and love them. There can never be enough of it. There can never be enough thinking about it. I find one of the most disappointing things about the state of Christianity today in the last few decades is how the love of God and the love of neighbor have been put at odds with one another. It's a societal issue, really. Break it into political parties. You either love the poor or are pro-life. But it seems you can't be both, right? You can't promote the good of national security and the need for immigration reform. It just doesn't work for us, does it? Democrats and Republicans, liberal Catholics and conservative Catholics. One article that has been making its way around Catholic social media lately raises the point that in today's world, you just can't avoid being a labeled Catholic. Traditional Catholic, a progressive Catholic, etc. We start to import our party understanding of governance into our faith lives. And the lines begin to be drawn in the sand, such that fundamental issues within Christianity start to appear to be at odds with one another. Suddenly, the love of beauty of our Catholic worship, the desire to build beautiful churches, is seen as opposed to the love of the poor. Or support of authentic Catholic social doctrine and the preferential option for the poor is seen as against reverence or devotion or prayer. To put it briefly in the words of a late Brazilian archbishop, if I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. But if I ask why the poor have no food, they call me a communist. The servant of God, Dorothy Day, who some of you may have never heard of before, is a great example of what an integrated Catholicism should look like. She was born in New York City in 1897 and died in 1980. Raised as an Episcopalian, Dorothy, like many young women in the early 20th century, became very involved in social activism. In 1925, she found herself pregnant, which was a great surprise to her, 
after she had thought herself to be sterile following a difficult abortion procedure. But the father of her child was hesitant to the idea of becoming a father. Dorothy received great support from a Catholic religious sister who eventually led her to the Catholic faith, a decision which resulted ultimately in a perpetual separation between Dorothy and her lover, who rejected the idea of organized religion. About a decade later, she founded the Catholic Worker Movement to promote the Church's authentic teaching on social issues, with an emphasis on loyalty to the Church and the Magisterium, that is, to the teachings of the Pope and the bishops. Her efforts were revolutionary, in this nation particularly, and she inspired a number of other Catholics to support the authentic renewal of Church teaching. She founded a shelter for food and clothing, which offered daily Mass and assistance with prayer. She was a constant voice for Catholic teaching on war and peace during World War II. And I could keep going on, but the point is made. She is a great example of an integrated Catholicism, where the love of God and the love of neighbor work together. All of that is a preface to today's Gospel. Jesus presents us a comparison of a rich man and the poor man Lazarus. The rich man stumbles across this poor leper who is sitting in the street while a dog licks at the sores of his skin. It's a pitiful sight, something which was probably disgusting to see. And the rich man passes by. We don't hear of any other act. He probably was not rude to the man. We aren't told he passed by and then proceeded to spend his riches on worthless or sinful things. All we are told is that he passed by. And it's not a parable condemning riches, really. The message is in this simple element of the story, that he passed by without a word. Then both characters die. The poor man, Lazarus, is taken to the bosom of Abraham, a Jewish expression for the reward given to the just. But the rich man is taken to the netherworld, where he suffered in flames. And while he is there, He realizes his error and begs for Lazarus to come and bring him something to help with the suffering. And then God speaks. Each of these men are receiving the reward for their time in this life. Lazarus to prosperity and the rich man to suffering for his lack of care in this life. And so the rich man begs God that he would send Lazarus raised from the dead to speak with his family and warn them to not make the same mistake. And then follows the whole point of the parable. God says it will be of no use to him, because they have the Bible, and the prophets, and all the teachings of their faith, and that wasn't enough. And surely, then, it would not be enough if Lazarus were to rise from the dead. Now here we are. We have the Bible, the commandments, the prophets, the gospels. We have the rising of Christ from the dead. But has it been enough for us? I know we've all been in the rich man's situation before, where we pass down the road and we see a beggar in smelly clothes with some sign or something asking for help. Most of the time, I'm sure, we pass by. Maybe that's all we do. Maybe we make a judgment ourselves and say that this person doesn't really need help. They're lying. Or maybe they deserve where they are because they messed up. They were lazy or on drugs or something. Maybe if we give them something, they would waste it on more drugs or alcohol. It's not fair, really. There are shelters. There is the government. And we pass by. We don't pass by and go off to do something worse. We don't pass by and go spend our money on evil things. We just pass by. 
If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. Has it been enough? St. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, encourages us today, compete well for the faith. I underlined that in my copy of the reading, compete well for the faith. An athlete knows how to compete well. You don't just keep doing the same thing. You can't have one approach. You can't just play offense. You have to play defense too. Compete well for the faith. The Christian faith is not a one-sided way of living. It's not a party system. We can't just pray, just attend mass, and be good in the end. Nor can we just be out in the streets clothing the naked and feeding the hungry while neglecting the worship of God. We need both. God demands it both from us. Here's another Dorothy Day quote. She says, The gospel takes away our right forever to discriminate between the deserving and the undeserving poor. But discriminating with our giving is a way of our life. It's happening here. As soon as word got out that our parish will soon be benefiting from a generous bequest, giving immediately dropped. So it's not just how we approach beggars in the street. We have this approach with the church as well. Our generosity becomes need-based. When we don't see a need, we don't feel compelled to be generous with our time, our efforts, or our resources. But how does the church understand generosity? In the words of St. Ambrose, if you have two shirts, one belongs to you, and one belongs to the man with no shirt. Or in the words of our Lord from St. Luke's Luke's Gospel, give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. I have a friend that asked me once if we should take that seriously. Yes, we take the words of Christ seriously. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And if we can't get them money or food, can we give them Christ? Dorothy Day say that the, food need, that the poor need food for the body and for the soul. Now the church is here to feed both. I remember a priest telling me once that his favorite thing about being a priest was knowing that all his parishioners uh, stood in certain financial situations, and yet he would see them all together at Mass. It's not about poor or rich, liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat. It's about the love of God, and, in loving Him, loving God in our neighbor. When you love people, you see all the Christ in them. God sees Christ, his Son, in us and loves us, and so we should see Christ in others and nothing else and love them. There can never be enough of it. There can never be enough thinking about it.
Thanks for listening in today. If you like what you hear, please go on iTunes and leave a good rating. Also, tell your friends and family about it, and visit the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations website to find more great content, jacksonpriest.com. That's jacksonpriest with an S dot com. God bless.